Welcome to another episode of The Brand Called You, a video and podcast show that brings you leadership lessons, knowledge, experience, and wisdom from hundreds of successful individuals from around the world. Today, it is my privilege to welcome someone who is spending a lot of time in human rights, Sohini Bhattacharya, to our show. Sohini, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me here. Thank you. Sohini is the CEO and president of Breakthrough, which is a human rights focused on gender-based violence. She's on the advisory board of Dastkar, and she's the co-founder of Sanhita, which is a gender rights center. Uh, Sohini, tell me, what would you say are three key milestones in your life or your career? So, Ashutosh, I think the first milestone is joining this sector. Okay. You know, I did that about 30 years ago, to be mm. very precise. Uh, and I had no clue what I was uh, up for. You know, there was no clear pathway. There's no career planning, nothing. I took a, I, 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 I was a blind person trying to find my way in this. And I just wanted to do something uh, which was uh, very close to my heart that work with women and girls to give them the voices and the options and the choices that I've had in my own life, you know, so that was just the passion that I had and I went into it. So I think that was one of the life changing moments when I decided that this is what I want to do for the rest of my life. Okay. So, you know, let's talk a little bit about breakthrough. Okay. Talk to me about this venture. What, what, what do you do? So uh, Breakthrough was founded about 20 years ago by uh, someone called Malika Dath, who was an, you know, uh, an American Indian uh, mm. living in New York at that point of time and, and living in Delhi at that point of time and later on in New York. Mm-hmm. Um, and, the, and the whole idea was that there was, you know, when you want to talk about women's you know, issues, you know, what do women want? What mm-hmm. are their dreams? What are their aspirations? Yeah. Um, you're talking to eco chamber mostly, you know, activists and other people who are all involved in this. Mm-hmm. But how do you bring it out to the public? How do you make it an issue that the public wants to talk about? Okay. And she thought that mainstream media is one of the, you know, closest and the most entertaining way in which you can talk about this to mm-hmm. common people. And so she made a music video Mm-hmm. Uh, with a crack team, which was then, you know, not so well known. It was mm-hmm. Shujit Sarkar, Shantanu Moitra, Prashun okay. Joshi, were big names yeah. in the industry yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. And she put them together and she did this music video. And one of the new, one of the songs sung by Shubham Mudgal mm-hmm. called Manki Manjire went to the top of the charts and stayed there for six months, you know. Okay. And, 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 and all of these, you know, this group of four or five people, they use this song to talk about, you know, violence against women, domestic violence and other kind of issues mm-hmm. to people who are not, uh, you know, not party to this kind of a conversation, mm-hmm. people who are unlikely partners, you know, unlikely audiences all over the country. Mm-hmm. And so this, this whole idea of using actually a dominant culture mm-hmm. to flip it and and create an alternative narrative in which mm-hmm. everybody is valued and there's dignity and there's justice for all was a novel idea in mm-hmm. and breakthrough was founded on the basis of those ideas okay. how do you take the very dominant culture how do you flip it and how you show people that an alternative culture an alternative norm is possible fantastic so tell me you know give me give me one or two you know anecdotal uh, incidents of where you have taken up an interesting issue without giving names. So, you know, so let's, let's talk about, you know, um, the whole thing about using culture to change culture. 
Mm-hmm. So, for example, you know, uh, we worked in Haryana, which is one of the most gender regressive states in the whole okay. country. Mm-hmm. Um, and in Haryana, when a boy is born, mm-hmm. the family members, you know, beat a thali to mm-hmm. announce the birth of a boy. Mm-hmm. And as you know, Haryana has a very skewed gender, uh, you know, child sex ratio. So, Correct. you know, I, and at one point of time, there were 775 girls, 2000 boys. Wow. You know. Hmm. So so this is a big practice you know everybody knows that a boy is born everybody celebrates one of our staff members you know 6 months after he joined breakthrough and went to the orientation his brother had a daughter you know baby daughter born to him hmm. and he beat the thali in his village to hmm. announce the birth of a girl wow. so you know you take a dominant culture you flip it and you show the entire community that the birth of a girl is to be celebrated Correct. Yes. This this became such a norm that a couple of years ago, with government's "Beti Bachao, Beti Padao" uh, of campaign, mm-hmm. we are running a joint campaign called the Thali Bajao campaign, mm-hmm. where the community was being asked to celebrate the birth of a girl, and so there were birthdays being celebrated, birthday cards being you know uh, given to uh, girls, and this whole idea of value of girls in the society in the community went up. So okay. that that's one of the examples of the work that we actually do. Amazing. And has the 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 gender balance uh, of seven seventy five to a thousand has it started to change in Haryana, or it just has? Balanced? It has changed a little bit. It has, in fact, um, it has gone up quite a bit. And uh, the government uh, the government report says that it's actually doing quite well. But but the gender biases still exist, right? And they exist across the yeah. community. Exist across the world, actually. Correct. So, so again, you know, uh, I want to talk to you about. the 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 issue of all gender violence right. but you've spoken about gender bias and i'd love to hear your thoughts on how can we correct this gender bias i mean you know it is there in our country it is beginning to change but it's very slow so you know i mean activists for years have actually called violence against women and girls mm-hmm. a pandemic before okay. this pandemic kind of hit correct act. Mm-hmm. there is evidence that one in 3 women are uh, have faced intimate partner violence in their lives mm-hmm. in india one in 4 girls still get married uh, at a very early age and nobody asks them whether they want to get married mm-hmm. we know that 93% of young girls faces mm-hmm. sexual abuse before the age of 15 from somebody who is you know known to them right mm-hmm. but these are staggering stat- statistics and these are very very you know um, damning statistics mm. if you look behind the statistics india is a country which is deeply deeply rooted in patriarchal culture correct and 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 what is it like to be born as a girl in india even now you know in rural areas you find girls with the name like bhateri mm. atim which means the end bhateri means enough because you know families do not want to invest in any more mm. girls you know so they give so imagine going through your life being called anthin mm-hmm. every time somebody calls you you are reminded how how inconsequential you are you know so that's the scenario in that scenario you need to actually to uplift the value for girls you mm-hmm. know and if we are to have you know an equal representation station of women across sectors across mm-hmm. everything and we know there are many reports that says that you know if 50% of the population joins the workforce then india will be richer by so many gdps right its gdp is going to go up in so many yes. millions and trillions it yes. is going to go up on but on the other hand we have a steady decline in women's participation in labor force you know we have 
we had 23% and i think with covid now i believe it's below 9 below 20% which is absolutely disconcerting you know in a country where we see women in boardrooms we see women ceos we see women you know working in every aspect of life this whole you know this whole discrimination that happens from a birth of a girl you know is something that the whole country needs to rally around it's But not just tell me you, know, you work so closely with uh, so many people and you're right about this patriarchal society but don't these patriarchs understand that without the birth of a daughter the next generation of patriarchs will not even exist so you know if you really kind of bring it down to women as a reproductive machinery then of course people would say oh, a girl needs to be educated because she will educate the next generation of girl, next Correct. generation of people and all of that Correct. but what about women you know, I, i didn't mean i don't mean to yeah. uh, Yeah. that but what i'm yeah. saying is that you know i think that's the first and basic understanding when people start saying we don't want to have a daughter and i think it's so shocking right okay. right yeah 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 but people do not want to because they do not see the value they no. do not see the value in having a girl mm. because you know uh, traditionally uh, girls are not going to actually show you the doorway to heaven mm. and uh, girls are not going to add to the family you know income and that's, that's amazing thing, you, I mean, know. you know when you see girls doing that and you know many rural women have really kind of been the breadwinner in their families Correct. for generations you know when you see women contributing that way you know mm. then probably things will you know change but even after seeing this for such a long time it doesn't change so actually the collective norms in the society mm. has to change your or mine changing and individual behavior changing will not help mm. until and unless the whole community rallies itself around this and thinks differently and sees that value mm. things will not change i agree with you so you know so let's talk a little bit about now the gender based uh, violence which you know yeah. you are also working on right tell right. me a little bit about what exactly is happening and give me some instances so you know i mean if you look at the whole spectrum of gender based violence you know mm-hmm. uh, we have actually grown up normalizing it you know mm-hmm. women themselves will tell you ek thappadi tumhara tha you know they will tell you that it's mm-hmm. all right and i recognize that this is something that i'm going to face in my life mm-hmm. and uh, even growing up as a young girl in very privileged family as a very privileged upbringing mm-hmm. when you're out there in the street you get whistled at you get cat called and you know boys think it's it's general time pass and it's mm-hmm. not it's not violence it's mm-hmm. not you know it's not harassment but it is actually not time pass it is mm-hmm. not you know, you know it is it is not like that it is mm-hmm. violence it is really then then kind of restricting my mobility i don't want to go out at night i don't want to go to places where there are too many men around you know mm-hmm. those and people do not realize that those are curtailing of human rights those are curtailing of your rights and your personal you know uh, spaces and you think it's all right to be protective around women mm-hmm. but you know so so there's a huge huge amount of gender based violence in our and and it starts very young you know it starts at the birth like we discussed and then you know you you see girls getting different kind of nutrition than boys boys going to private schools while girls keep mm. going low resource government schools you see girls being taken of the 
you know school to do housework you know and the burden of unpaid care work on young girls and and women is enormous um i think worldwide women do you know three times more work, housework than men do in india i think it is more than 10 times of that you know and young girls look after siblings they fetch water they do all kinds of things so it starts mm. from then and then you know when you get a girl married very early you know her ability to actually deal with domestic issues mm. her ability to you know uh, fight domestic violence mm. goes down you know and there is evidence saying that chances of domestic violence increase 40% if you marry a girl early mm. we think all of this we put all of this into the spectrum of violence against women and girls and it just doesn't have to be physical violence it could be mental violence it could be emotional torture yeah. it could be verbal yeah. all of this and then you know there's this whole thing about workspace violence which i'm not even getting into right so tell me then you know what is the, is the answer is you know education is one definite answer but how do you change attitudes so i you know what breakthrough has believed always is that we need to talk to both men and women mm-hmm. and we actually use a gender uh, a curriculum on gender equality um, that we use for grade 6 7 and 8 across 1200 government schools now mm-hmm. and we've seen and it, there was an rct done on this by jpal at mit and we saw that if we do a two and a half year of intervention where we talk about agency rights both to boys and to girls mm-hmm. uh, we talk about negotiation skills the we make you know encourage having intergender and intergenerational conversations mm-hmm. because in rural india boys and girls even though they are in coed schools do not talk to each other mm-hmm. it's looked down upon um, so if we do it, and with this curriculum we've seen that after two and a half years of intervention mm-hmm. there's significant change in both gender based attitudes as well as behavior Okay. And now JPAL is actually doing a longitudinal cohort study staying with mm-hmm. the same group of 13000 you know adolescents and seeing that when they are reaching 2021 mm-hmm. are these behaviors sticking okay. we had the second end line in during the lockdown in May 2020 and fortunately and really amazingly some of those behaviors are still sticking and mm-hmm. in fact in families where there has been intergenerational conversation on girls dreams and aspirations mm-hmm. college applications for girls have gone up by 16% wow which is just amazing so we want to now scale up this curriculum across all schools in india mm-hmm. at least government schools definitely because mm-hmm. that's where you know things like this do not uh, you know are not being talked about amazing So you know when I was reading about you, 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 one comment that you make is we use media, arts, tech to drive culture change and dismantle cultural norms that lead to violence and discrimination. Right. Help me understand this quote from you. Right. With an example. So you know we use a lot of pop culture, which mm-hmm. is mainstream. You know mainstream culture. and we believe that actually pop culture is understood by a large number of people mm-hmm. and they make complex issues simple okay. yeah so the sanjay's uh, uh, the San- sanjay story i just told you about mm-hmm. the beating the beating the uh, drum beating the thali mm-hmm. in one of the campaigns we ran in 2008 was actually uh, it's called belbajao mm-hmm. uh, which asked men and boys to stand up and take action on violence against women mm-hmm. and through a very simple action like ringing the bell 
Yeah. So you go up and you hear sounds of violence coming from behind doors. You go up and ring the bell. Mm-hmm. We never showed the violence happening. It was only sounds. You know, we had six pieces. It was only sounds. And this man, and the man could be anybody. He could be, uh, you know, gully boys playing cricket. Mm-hmm. It could be, uh, you know, a middle class software engineer sitting in his, you know, nice home. Mm-hmm. It could be somebody sitting in a Mumbai chawal. Mm-hmm. It could be a man repairing, you know. Uh, uh, a bike in the road and there was always a little bit of humor behind it so this one man goes up and asks to make a phone call while all the while his mobile phone is in his pocket you know mm-hmm. the idea is that if you hear violence if you see violence if you intervene in that moment of intervention mm-hmm. there is a chance for somebody to actually rearrange themselves so the woman can go and lock herself into a toilet the man kind of thinks about fact that somebody is watching you know mm-hmm. and so violence stops now we brought this um, we do did five six pieces on this and we one of them used woman irani from you know uh, from bollywood to mm-hmm. act in that now you know when you actually something as simple as ringing the bell when you turn it on its head and say that ringing the bell is actually going to help someone mm-hmm. yeah people start thinking differently mm-hmm. so we would have responses like you know boys in a rural community would go and watch television at 6 pm at a neighbor's house every day so that the man wouldn't come home and you know beat the wife up we had a very um, we had a, one of our board members take her dog for a walk in a very tony neighborhood and when she heard sounds of violence she walked up and ring rang the bell and asked for water for the dog mm-hmm. so people started taking action it became a it became a metaphor for taking action worldwide you know and uh, the the campaign got translated into nine different languages nine countries adopted it including china and so it was it was a great moment for us so so that's that's the kind of work we started doing and yes. now you know we do this work as well as we work in the community with the gender equality curriculum mm-hmm. and we actually train a group of you know the 19 to 25 year olds who are the champions who would take the mission forward mm-hmm. who are the role models for younger adolescents but who's also our volunteers and who would really make the mission successful mm-hmm. um, in the years to come and, and that's that's the that's the so one more question for you on you know breakthrough before i move to the next part you know let's talk millennials millennials yeah. are changing the whole world they're changing yeah. india yeah how are the millennials reacting to the gender balance so i think the millennials are uh, millennials have interpreted it all in their own terms correct and uh, there is more there is much less tolerance now than we had you know i mean in my mother's generation the tolerance was immense in yeah. my generation it came down a little bit yeah. but with the millennials we are seeing we're seeing that they are ready to actually take the bull by the horns mm-hmm. and because they use their their netizens right they use the net like you know we used to use books probably mm-hmm. um there are much more you know much more conversations with larger communities mm-hmm. there's conversations there's taking action mm-hmm. women and girls do not want to you know bear this anymore so i get that sense okay. and and they are very they're very passionate about things that they want to do they're very passionate about giving back to society so all of these are actually working in favor of dismantling patriarchy in the long yeah. run might definitely. not happen in my lifetime but definitely in my daughter's lifetime fantastic so let's talk about sanhita 
which is a gender rights center talk to me about what the center does so we i um, in, i founded co-founded this with a friend and, mm. and she was you know the main kind of thinker behind it i was the more the operational person uh, it was post you know beijing conference in 1995 mm-hmm. and a uh, lot of people uh, wanted a space in which to you know work on these issues in their own way and mm-hmm. we conceived of the space as a very open space where people can bring their issues work on that um, ultimately you know um, Uh, the the organization focused a lot on sexual harassment you know mm-hmm. uh, the bishaka judgment had just come out then the law wasn't passed mm-hmm. but the judgment was there and there was a need to kind of familiarize people with this judgment mm-hmm. um, and 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 so we did a lot of work on that actually it's it still continues to work on sexual harassment based out of calcutta i'm not associated with it anymore i moved up out of calcutta in 1998 and i have not been back uh, since then okay. uh, but i know that the work is continuing fantastic so now let me move to the last segment of our conversation which is some questions for you personally okay you know uh, so any you do doing such amazing work uh, working with so many families making sure girls are protected women are protected what does success mean to sohini you know i have um, uh, my own parameters of success are are very very uh, different than many people mm-hmm. and I, what i think is that um, i define success as an ability to do what i love mm-hmm. in a way that is meaningful to myself and to a larger cross section of people okay. yeah and so uh, so so you do this you do this thing that you love every day Mm-hmm. and it may be very simple but but what you love may change over time also Correct. but you know having that ability to change what you are doing mm-hmm. to match your passion is what i think is 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 the true success fantastic and a follow up question to that is that you keep doing so much work what inspires you so first of all the very very slow but very sure changes that you see happening in a community or an individual you know when girls speak up when girls do something fantastic when girls put together a cricket team out of nowhere in a backward village in up and do want to do things you know so you see that they can have they have the opportunity now to thrive so that's that's a fabulous uh, kind of a thing other than that i think um, my inspiration comes from work of so many other ngos across mm. the country you know there are fabulous work being done you know and if so that's that's another source of inspiration okay. my next question to you is on uh, failure okay you know yeah. i have a new book coming out on failure and i've always had this i have this hypothesis that indian parents or for that matter south asian or asian parents don't teach their children it's okay to fail absolutely and that manifests itself in our behavior patterns absolutely. whether you're standing at a traffic light and my car must be first etc etc yeah yet we keep failing all the time absolutely my question to you is what have been some of your learnings from some of your mistakes or your failures so you know nothing of value in life comes to you easily okay fight for it that's right. one thing and i i i believe that a very firm a transparent and a bold approach you know always wins out okay yeah and the fact that you have to take decisions mm. even if you are even if that decision is going to be a failure mm. at as a leader of an organization at one moment at one point of time you have to take decisions mm. and, and you have to be prepared 
to fail as well okay. and and we as you as you said rightly we we do not talk about failure mm-hmm. but i work also you know i we have a sister concern in the us which i also work with mm-hmm. and i see that in us you know in many conversations they celebrate failures mm-hmm. and it's your know, people are encouraged to talk about mm-hmm. failures amazing and so in my last question to you and i come back to the pandemic that the whole world is facing right how are you rethinking your own life in the new world order so you know i traveled 100 days last year mm-hmm. 100 days mm-hmm. and my new year resolution was i have to cut down on my travel right. i don't want to travel so much i didn't know that this is going to happen and it right. was you know we right. <laughs> really have yes. traveled at all so i think you know it has kind of opened everybody's eyes that a lot can be done virtually mm-hmm. a lot can be done long distance mm-hmm. you do not have to always be there face to face with people and even you know managing teams and things like that can still happen you know mm-hmm. though there's you know face to face is always much much better probably Correct. but a lot of things can be managed at a distance so you can cut down on travel you can cut down on being in the office every single day of your life because mm-hmm. you know i have i don't think i've been more productive than this year you know i've been i've done so much work which okay. i've i've not done in any other years so Absolutely. so those are some of the things that uh, are are dawning on me and and the thing that you have to put away time for yourself mm. i i'm very bad at doing that but you have to do that so that the, those are the two things that Fantastic. i can never take away from the covid Fantastic. 19 so hini thank you so much it's been such a pleasure speaking to you i wish you and everything that you're doing at breakthrough lots of success thank you so much ashutosh lovely conversation and i hope uh, it was what you had expected perfect thank you very much thank you for listening to the brand called you video cast and podcast a platform that brings you knowledge experience and wisdom of hundreds of successful individuals from around the world do visit our website www.tbcy.in to watch and listen to the stories of many more individuals you can also follow us on youtube facebook instagram and twitter just search for the brand called you